You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Hey everyone, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. On with me today is a friend, Moya Skillman. Welcome, Moya. Thank you, Dirk, for having me. I'm really excited about today. Thank you. I, you know, Moya, I'm super excited to have you. Moya and I, just a little history. Um, I knew I knew who Moya was. Moya actually went to school with my wife back in the day. And when I got into lending after technology, I was in a different career. Uh, Moya was one of the top agents, still is around. And I had a partner that uh, went after Moya and her team. And so I kind of stuck back. I didn't want to like step on his toes, but you know, I've watched Moya and her team. Um, I mean, they're just exceptional at what they do. And so I'm super excited to have her on because, you know, there's different ways to, to do the job in terms of being a real estate agent. And if you're interested in kind of taking it to the extreme in terms of top, top, and uh, Moya is uh, the person you want to listen to. She's got many, many years of experience. Um, she came from a totally different background ground before real estate. So I think that's really important to touch on, but um, I will stop rambling. Moya, in your own words, what would you say, like, if someone, you know, you had coffee with someone, how do you describe what you do and, and maybe get into a little bit about how you got into the business? Sure. Yeah. And thank you again. I'm really excited to be here and spend time with you today. Um, you know, in a, in a nutshell, real estate, residential real estate isn't about selling houses. It is about solving problems. We are invited into people's lives in periods of transition. Um, some of those are happy. Some of those are not so happy. And so the best realtors, the most successful realtors know from the beginning that we're all about solving problems and selling of the house is kind of secondary. Um, so that's what I would say in a nutshell that I do every single day, every hour, me and my team are trying to solve the next problem that's in front of us and create a great solution and a wonderful experience for our clients. Um, so that's kind of my elevator pitch. And I know we'll get into a lot more when we're, we're talking, but in terms of how I got into it, let's touch on that. Um, so I work with my mom, Terry Foster. Um, a lot of people know her. She's been in the business over 35 years. Super fortunate and lucky and blessed every day to work alongside her. She is an incredible woman, um, extremely well-respected by her peers. She received the Icon Award last year from the Realtors. Just absolute integrity, does the right thing every time and has done for 35 years and gives back. So uh, since she's my mom, obviously I grew up <laughs> with her doing real estate. Um, so in high school, you know, we would go look at houses on the weekends. So I could help her for her tour she was going to do. And this is the old days when I was in high school with your wife. We would pick up photos from one hour photo and glue them on the flyers and all those kinds of things. Um, so I kind of grew up with that, but I did not have dreams of being in real estate. It was just, I think for any you know, person out there that grows up kind of in a family business, they're used to just tagging along with their parents on the weekends, whether they own a hardware store or whatever it might be. Um, but I definitely wanted to do something else. And in high school, actually, and then in college, I got very interested in politics. So I had a totally separate life um, before I joined Terry in real estate. I was a political science major at Seattle U, and then I moved to DC right after graduation and I worked on Capitol Hill. That was an incredible experience. Um, and honestly, that really did help prepare me for a lot of what I do today. Um, you're dealing with a lot of complicated personalities in Washington, DC. The day and is ever changing, every hour is different there. Um, you're always dealing with different people, different challenges, and that's very similar to real estate. Um, so I, I did that for about seven years. Um, and I, I thought about coming back off and on, but I, at times I thought I was going to be on the East Coast forever. I was there during September 11. And so not to bring the podcast down, but that was a pretty life-changing experience for me as it was for so many people. Um, 
And the idea of being far away from family was just kind of brought to the forefront. And so that started the wheels turning. Maybe I should move back to Seattle. I should give the family business a try. My mom had called me almost every day over those seven years. When are you going to move back? When are you going to work for me? So um, not to date myself, but that was basically 20 years ago. So I now have been working alongside her for 20 years. And I really recommend for people thinking about getting into real estate right after college or something like that, go and do some other work in other industries first. It really will help you pull those skills forward into what you need for real estate. And there, there are amazing agents that start right out of college or or even skip college and get their licenses at 18. Um, and so, you know, hands down to, to them as well. Um, but I think some of the best agents do have kind of a, a previous life before they start in real estate. I love it. Um, you know, and the good news is you met your husband in DC, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah. So, so there's probably a reason why <laughs> the, the forces had you there. Yeah. Uh, Don's a great guy. Um, so, you know, the thing is, it's different about, okay. So there's a lot of things I want to ask you, but what's unique about you and your mom, Terry and your team. And obviously, you know, I've realized we all know a team is crucial, right? Nobody does it by themselves. There's a lot of people that a lot of skill sets that translate to success. And I know you have a team, I think of like nine or 10 people. Um, you, you gravitate or attract very high end clients. And like, you know, I see your listings, for example, and you know, they're high end homes. What, what do you think it is about, you know, your group, your team, your personality, your mom, you, that allows you to kind of earn that trust? Like what, what is it that those clients are looking for and why do they, why do they hire you guys for mm -hmm. such a big response? You know, like, and I know why, but I'm just curious in your own thoughts, like what is it about your uniqueness you think that allows you to win these deals? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a lot to kind of dig into there. Um, I think one thing, probably at the top of the list, and, and you see this in data and customer surveys all the time across multiple industries, but people at a high level, really trust is the most important thing, right? And working with a trusted advisor and realtors are really trusted advisors. And a lot of times that means telling them to not buy the house or telling them, you know, not focusing on what the commission is from a $15 million property. If this is going to be a bad investment and this doesn't solve, you know, their life challenge that they're trying to solve or, you know, location or whatever, not being scared to tell that person the truth and, and potentially not make, make the sale. And I think we've really built a reputation of having really high integrity um, lots of experience, of course, but always telling our clients the truth. And at that level, they expect that. And that also comes when we're in a listing presentation and pricing their home. Um, you know, there are agents out there that will, quote unquote, try and buy the listing and tell the client whatever price they think they want to hear. And, and Terry and I don't do that. We really always come back to the data. Um, we remind our clients that, you know, the buyer is also going to be exceptional on top of their game, you know, titan of industry like themselves, and they're going to look at the same data. Um, and so being accurate on pricing, but probably the biggest thing next to trust is really having an exceptionally smooth client experience. Um, our team is phenomenal. We create amazing experiences for our clients that are seamless, that are stress-free. We try and handle every single detail. The prep that goes into thinking through how these properties are going to be presented, not just from a marketing standpoint, but when we're showing the property, what kinds of questions do we anticipate that the buyer is going to ask? Let's figure those out before we even come on the market. What's the length of the dock? What's the depth of the water? You know, all of these things that the MLS doesn't require on an MLS form. So if you want to start working at a higher level, you have to really focus on the details, the management of that, time management <laughs> is a huge thing. All of those components really go into creating an amazing experience. So 
I think for us, we've just built a reputation over time, you know, day in and day out, year after year of being absolutely trusted advisors and creating a seamless experience. I love it. Great response. Is there one or two things you can kind of look back and like, there's a lot of steps, right? There's a lot of things you have to manage your team during the process. Um, and we can get into that, but are there a couple that stand out that you say you would think maybe are the most challenging, you know, maybe on one project it's not, but like, what would you say the hardest part about a high-end listing is? Um, I, honestly, it's setting expectations at every stage. Um, so in that, and it always comes back to communication. So little things like, you know, we have a saying on our team, little things are the big things. <laughs> so when we do a photo shoot, for example, we don't just say, okay, photos will start at 3 p.m. We tell them the expectations. We tell them, you know, what we're going to do to plan for that ahead of time and the expected length of time. Um, summer is a great example. Of, obviously, it's light here almost until 10 o'clock at night. So if you don't communicate to that client, we're going to start at three. And by the way, we're probably not going to be done until about 1030 or 11. And they have little kids that that family isn't going to be happy if they don't know that. And they show up at seven to try and get their kids to bed. So I think setting expectations with clear communication um, and planning ahead that at every stage. So whether it's pre-listing, um, whether it's, you know, setting up for a broker open, okay, we're going to arrive, you know, an hour early to get everything set up. We're going to get all the cushions out on the outdoor furniture, you know, all these things. Once we're under contract, I mean, you know this because you see this all the time and this is why your team is so amazing. Communication with the lender and the, the listing agent is is absolutely key. Um, and, and the buyer's agent, like that whole triangle. And obviously there's things that we can't ask, but from a communication standpoint, making sure that, okay, is their appraisal in, you know, if it's not, how many more days do we have? And then telling the client that, that we just checked, the appraisal isn't in yet, it's expected in two more days. Things like that and communicating really set that client at ease. And then they're not stressed. They're, they're stressed in so many other areas of their life. It's our job as realtors to create as low amount of stress as possible. No, I so get it. Through those, you know, things, setting expectations, communication, those are the two huge things. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of in that referral business where if they're not walking away with a good taste in their mouth, then we haven't done our job right. Um, you know, I don't want to assume, but I'll just, I'm trying to think how to ask this question. So the nature of your clientele, very high end, and I know you deal with all across the spectrum, but some of these folks are super successful. I mean, many are in their lives and have strong personalities, uh, are used to kind of calling the shots. How hard is it sometimes when maybe um, opinions or thoughts don't align? Like, you know, I could see you know, trying to win a deal and educating somebody on what you think their value is or whatever, and then dealing with someone who has a very strong opinion that maybe counters or is different than what you think. Is that, um, how do you, is that a process that, you know, a new agent might have a really hard time handling? Is that something that's just with credibility and time? Is that something that gets easier? Yeah. I mean, definitely it gets, um, I wouldn't say the challenges go away, but it becomes easier to navigate, right? The year after year, the more experience you have, the more you can, you feel confident in standing your ground. Um, but I think my advice even to newer agents, and when I say new, you know, that's kind of five years or less, um, is just you're the expert, right? So we're, we have to remember, this isn't just a hobby. This is our profession. Just like when you're seeking advice from a doctor, <laughs> um, you know, you're in the doctor's office and you're listening to them and you're not, maybe you're questioning a little bit, but you're, I'm always saying, I didn't go to medical school. You know, I'm going to take them at their, at their word, or maybe I'm going to ask for a second opinion or something. But for the most part, they're the professional. They were trained a certain way. It's the same thing with realtors. And so, Yes, we deal with a lot of, um, you know, exceptionally talented and bright people um, that are used to making decisions and not be questioned and, and 
but we also know they've hired us for a reason because they want to surround themselves with trusted advisors and with experts. And so we stay calm and we always come back to, we know that we've been hired for the expertise and we'll remind them of that. You know, some things can't think, sometimes things can be emotionally charged. Of course, these are stressful situations. Um, but we often will say, you know, you, you hired us for our expertise and we can assure you, you know, after 20 years in the business or even to an agent that, you know, after seven years in the business, I can tell you that we need to adjust the price in this window. Um, you know, here's the data. You have to do your homework, though. And, and we are incredibly prepared all the time. We spend a ton of time preparing. And that's another thing I would really offer advice. And we hear that from our clients all the time after we close the transaction. It's, you know, seamless experience and team fosters over prepared for everything. Um, and they expect that. So, you know, at this high level, a lot of these CEOs and these executives, you have to remember what their day is like. They're walking into meetings, they're given a briefing, you know, everything is prepared for them. And so you need to function the same way as the rest of the people in their life. You have to do your homework. If you're doing a listing presentation, block out time, not just to prepare it, but also to rehearse it. Did you double check that nothing else sold in the last hour before you're walking into that client's house? Things like that. You really have to spend the time and prepare and focus on the details. And that's how you can navigate these situations. And then you get confidence from that because you know that you know your stuff. You know that you've done your homework. It's it's the same thing I tell my boys and I'm sure you tell your kids, Dirk. You know, if you prepare, you're, that helps with confidence. And then you can navigate any situation. Yeah. And also, you know, I, it's a small town in a way when you grow up here, but I, there's nothing but Ray, you know, positive feedback when, when your name comes up or your mom's and what's interesting too, and this is not maybe something, this is something, you know, but I'm speaking to the people that are watching is not only are you winning the relationship or earning the trust of your clientele, but you know, you also have to work with people in your industry on the other side of the fence. And, you know, when you're a good person and you do the right things, I think that helps as well because people probably really enjoy working with your team. Right. Um, and so I think that's one of the things too, is you have to um, be cognitive about how you are, your reputation and doing the right thing and treating people right. Even your competitors, um, which, you know, I think it's, a, again, it's a small town. And if you don't play that game the right way, you yeah. know, uh, things can go bad. So people, you know, like my daughter and I had this conversation the other night, she's going to college here at the end of August and she's, you know, kind of struggling. Like, I don't know what I want to do. And she watches those shows, you know, those reality TV shows selling sunset or whatever they're called. I can't, I can't watch them, but my <laughs> wife, but, and she, so there was a phase, you know, and the re I, I have a direction I'm going, trust me, I'm not just rambling here, but you know, there's a, a, a feeling or a thought or a fantasy about what certain careers are like. And what is the typical fantasy that like, when you see people getting into this business and they're chasing it for, whatever, big commission checks, uh, you know, I don't know what it, I mean, there's different reasons. What's the one thing that people get surprised on, like maybe a few years into the business that, oh my God, I didn't know this was part of the deal. Like I'm surprised. Well, I think, oh my gosh, we could do a whole separate episode on that. Um, but I think um, the two biggest things I would say are people don't realize that this truly is 24 seven. And which is hard. And we can talk about work-life balance or something if you want to get into that later. But I think, you know, those shows, sometimes they show some of that, you know, one's, you know, on a boat in Italy and negotiating a deal. Um, but they don't, they don't show that, you know, at graduation, someone's maybe stepping outside because there's literally a multiple offer situation and they're having to get back to their client and tell them we need to go up 50,000 or we're losing the house. So these are, these are real situations. And I, I actually have a good friend that's an executive coach and she works with a lot of doctors. And when I talk to her, I'm like, I don't understand, like, this is so crazy. And yet, you know, I'm not a heart surgeon, like how... And she always reminds me, she says, Moya, you have to remember, 
as important as the work as the doctors are doing. It's way above what we do, but they still do have a structure. They're on call or they're not on call. And when they're off call, when they're not actually on call, there's someone else handling things, right? There's another doctor that's on call that's in the ER. So we don't have that luxury. Even if you have a business partner, um, it, it is 24-7. So I don't think the shows show that. Um, I also think, you know, it is, if you're really going to be good at this business, nothing can be below you. That includes cleaning a toilet, even after 20 years in the business and selling, you know, $50 million homes, you still need to be able to clean a toilet, vacuum. Um, Terry showed a property the other day, there are dead bugs everywhere in the playroom. And it's like, how can you have a listing that way? Like pay attention to those details. That is what the client is hiring you to do. They're hiring you to sell their biggest asset for most people and take care of things and pay attention. And so you have to be willing to do the dirty work. No one is above that. It's not, you know, wearing, you know, fancy clothes and showing up in your heels. And I mean, Terry and I barely ever even wear high heels to anything because we need to be able to walk the property. We have to be able to walk down a soggy lawn to get to the water because we live in the Northwest. I mean, these are, you know, if you're really in this business and really going to do the work, it is not what it is on TV. Those shows are totally entertaining and, and they're fun. And sometimes I watch them when I'm traveling, but it it could not be more farther from the truth. Yeah. I mean, I hear you and I'm listening and it's, <laughs> it's like in any career, it like, you know, the why for you, which I'm going to ask here in a second, but like, it's not about the glamorous part. <laughs> like if you're doing the right career, if you're, you know, in that flow where you're, you love what you do, then it always comes down to, you know, yours is do what's right for the client, you know, do the little things, provide a great experience. I, I think that's really important to pay attention to because, you know, if you don't have the right intentions, then maybe you're going to be, you know, surprised and you're going to be like, I don't like 70% of this, this gig. And I think for you, you truly, I mean, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the experience and making it easy and taking the stress away is really important for you and your mom for your clients. We uh, love it. We love that part. And sorry, not to interrupt your no, talk. Yeah. One of the things that I love so much is, you know, when we get that review after the experience, we just got one a couple of days ago and it, it brought tears to our eyes. I mean, the, the fact that our client took the time out of a schedule to write this and the words that he used, I mean, it was just like, wow, like we're we're actually making a difference. And the other thing I love is I follow a ton of my clients on Instagram and seeing them post their, you know, five-year-old learning how to ride the bike in the driveway of the house that we sold them two years ago, you know, things like that. And like, I helped make that happen. My team helped make that happen. Um, or helping, you know, a client that is maybe going through a challenging divorce and helping them get that part solved and into their new place, whether that's a rental or a new house and kind of start their next chapter. That is what makes it worth it. That's what makes it worth sometimes missing out on family things, sometimes, you know, really, you know, dealing with an 11 o'clock call or we've even done, you know, 1am calls. It depends. But it makes all of that worth it because you're helping solve problems and making an impact on people's lives. And I think the best agents, they understand that that's what this is about. Um, and then it's the benefit, you know, it's it's kind of a bonus that you're also able to make a decent living at it. But for Terry and I, it is, it is never about the money. And half the time when people say, how much do you sell a year? We really don't know. We kind of know a rough estimate. And of course we could pencil it out and figure it out, but we don't have those numbers in our head because it's not about numbers. It's about solving problems and providing an amazing experience. You've been invited into these people's lives and that's, you should be absolutely grateful for the opportunity that you have that ability to do that. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of options. I mean, and there are other great people that do what we do, right? Absolutely. So when we have the ability to earn the trust, it's, you know, it's the last thing I want to do is disappoint. Um, so, you know, and again, I, I, you're super humble. I'm not going to ask you for numbers, but just to give perspective to the audience, 
you know, I mean, you guys are, your team is ranked nationally, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't even, maybe you're even number one. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't pay attention to the data like that myself either, but like you're, you're up there, right? I mean, I don't yeah. know if you know what the number is, but it. Yeah, we uh, are. So there's a, so wall street journal, um, partners with this company called real trends and they put out the top 1000 agents every year. I think it's coming out soon actually. And, and so, yes, we are nationally ranked. We're always, you know, among the top teams in the state, top agents in the state for Washington state. Um, and then often we're in the top nationally. It kind of depends on, you know, where the LA market is, you know, obviously their price point usually is higher um, than here in, in New York. Um, but we're, we're always in those top rankings um, and we're, but we're grateful for the opportunity to be part of that group. Um, at Compass, we are part of the top 100. Um, and that's a really amazing group to be a part of. And we do get together a couple of times a year. Um, and one of the things we love, and I want to make this a Compass commercial, but we really do love that the caliber of agents that we're able to be connected with work at the same level. They care about their clients like we do. They care about that experience and being the top <coughs> advisor. And so being part of that group. Um, you know, it's not about volume, even though we all do this really high volume um, dollar wise, but we all care about our clients the same way. I love it. You know, that's a recurring um, theme is the importance of having a great boss or a great environment like company. Right. So you might be in the right career, but if you're working for the wrong person or the wrong company, it might be a very different experience. So that's something to pay attention to as well. Yeah. Um, tell me, Moya, you know, uh, people probably think they know what your days are like, your nights, your weekends, but try to like, if you can break out, like, you know, if it was a piece of pie and you spent X percent of time visiting homes, X percent of time researching comps and the data. So to prepare, like, how is your time and day spent? And the reason, the reason I ask this question is, you know, we all are different. You know, some people are, you know, quiet introverts. Some people are very, you know, need to be around people to get energy. And I think it's important to understand, like, if you want to be a high-end agent like Moya, you need to kind of understand behind the curtains what, what her day and nights look like, weekends look like. Um, can you kind of let us in a little bit and just maybe give us a um, an idea of what a week would look like for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would say every single day is different. <laughs> but there are some things that are, you know, consistent throughout the week. Um, and I'm both Terry and I are big structure people. So we do a ton of time blocking. We like the moment we commit to a meeting or an appointment or a new listing comes on, it goes on our calendar and the time is blocked. Um, and I really encourage new agents or agents that are struggling, trying to figure out how to navigate new markets use that system. And I'm always happy to talk to agents one-on-one, -on -one, but you have to live by your calendar because you're your own boss. And it is very hard if you don't have listing appointments during the day, or you don't have a buyer tour, all of a sudden it looks like you have all this time. And then you're like, well, I'll just go meet my you know friend for lunch, which is important. We need balance. But all of a sudden you've lost that day and you could have been more productive. There's a broker tour in every single MLS area every day of the week, right? You can tour Mercer Island on Wednesdays. You can do Kirkland on Wednesday. Like if you don't have client meetings, you should be out touring. You should be in continuing education. You should be stopping by your office and, you know, spend some time there for an hour. Maybe you can reconnect with agents that you haven't seen in a little bit. All of those things are important. So back to your question of, you know, what does a given week look like? We always start our day with what we call our daily call. Um, and I think even if you don't have a team, um, you could still have an accountability group where you you talk, you know, every morning and what are you doing for the day? What calls are you making? What clients are you going to reach out to? But for our team, you know, we're a team of nine. And so every morning we do a Zoom call at nine because we're all in different places. We had Someone at an inspection today, someone meeting, you know, air conditioner, you know, service provider. Um, and we regroup for the day. What does our day look like? Because even though everything is scheduled overnight, everything shifts, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, I had a client reach out at 11 o'clock at night that wants to see something this afternoon at two. 
that wasn't on the schedule yesterday, you know, by six when most of our team was headed home for the day. So we start with that daily call and we kind of understand what our priorities are. Does anything have to shift? Do we need to get back to a client from the night before? Um, in any given week, we are always touring as much as we can. What's new on the market? Um, we obviously focus more on West Bellevue and the waterfront community. So a lot of that is touring West Bellevue, touring Mercer Island. Um, but really that should be, you know, for the agents out there, the area that you live in um, and maybe an area that you need to get to know because you think you're going to start having more buyers in that area. Um, so we do touring. Um, we try and do as many in-office events as possible. So we do sales meetings for the brokerage. Compass does sales meetings on Tuesdays. Um, and so we try and attend those as much as possible. Um, and then really it's a lot of client appointments. We have a lot of, you know, listing appointments, showing houses. Um, so in terms of a pie, you know, I would say 10 to 15% touring. And then maybe, let's see, this is where you're going to find out I'm not a huge math person, but maybe about 25 to 30% client interaction. And then the remaining piece of the pie is just, you know, kind of whatever comes on our plate. Um, looking in the MLS, what's new, what went under contract, working on price reductions, getting back to clients. We're always looking back at who showed the house last week that we still haven't heard back from? Who do Terry and I need to call to follow up on a showing to try and get them to come forward for an offer? Um, who did we meet with a couple of weeks ago about potentially bringing their house on the market? Is it time to circle back? So a lot of it is, you know, the follow up and, and client communication as well. Okay. Yeah. I was just listening like, and I know how busy your team is. It's, it sounds exhausting. Like, I mean, good, but the energy is, are you, are you um, like, where do you get your energy? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? So I am, how did I hear the other day? A highly functioning introvert or something. A social introvert? Or social a... introvert. So I really, and my, my girlfriends, my best girlfriends, we always have all these jokes that we trade over text. Um, they know my favorite thing to do is be in a baseball hat and like maybe go to QFC or something and hopefully avoid everyone. Um, so I don't have to interact with anyone because I need my my quiet time. Um, but obviously real estate is so social. You know, I just um, I can't remember where I was yesterday and I, you know, saw three different clients walking into various things just around Bellevue. But yeah. um I I get my energy from my family. I mean, I have two boys, as you know, and I'm just so grateful to be able to be a mom and super hard work, you know, parenting teenagers today. Um, but I get energy from them. I have a great husband, great family. Um, and I really do try and I love being outside. So if I can get out for a walk, whether it's first thing in the morning with a girlfriend or even late in the evening, that kind of gives me new energy and, and helps clear my head. And I kind of come back um, even more energized, but I, I definitely need my quiet time too. Yeah. But I, I drive, you know, just like every agent, we all live in our cars and sometimes I drive in between appointments and I don't have the radio on. Um, I drive in silence, which I think sounds weird, but it's time for me to just almost have stillness <laughs> for that 20 minutes in between appointments. And that helps me reset as well. Yeah. I was just curious. I mean, with any, with highly successful people like yourself, you know, like I'm an introvert, I I'm very social. I can hang and talk with anybody and I love, I love people, but I love, you know, hanging out on my farm or listening to music or I love architecture. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it, I was just kind of thinking, cause you have, it's a, it, it's, it's a high end job that you have a career. And so you need to like charge your battery. And then, and I know like when you have opportunities to go um, get your energy back, you're just a better version of yourself and you have to shine. Like you can't, I imagine your clientele, you can't show up yeah. half ass. Like you've no. got to be, you've got to be ready and prepared. And, um, 
Anyway, I was, what about like people that want to work with their husbands or wives? You work with your mom. How yeah. do you, how do you maintain like the balance in like Christmas dinner or holidays? Like how do you separate life from it's, the business? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we, um, so I, well, I don't want to date this, but we had, my birthday was yesterday. And so my mom, Oh, I miss it. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. Um, but my mom came over and we had, you know, saying happy birthday and had a quick dessert or whatever. And it was like, we made it about 30 minutes. And then of course we had to talk about a transaction <laughs> and I could just see my, my husband kind of, you know, rolling his eyes a little bit, but he's used to it. Um, you know, we, we try as much as we can when we're on a family vacation or something together, we're, or we're having dinner together. We do really try and, and talk about other things and it, that requires effort. Um, but if you, if you make that commitment kind of going in, it, it definitely helps because you can get burned out really quickly. And we were actually on a mother daughter panel last week with some other mother, mother daughter teams that are in the area. Um, and that question came up and it was all kind of the same, you know, family dinner can really quickly turn into work dinner and then there's no break. Um, and so, you know, if, if you try and put those parameters on and, and, you know, make the effort. I think it is helpful and it's healthy and your, your spouses and the family members appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also have to have a supportive husband and, or a wife or a family. Like you, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, graduation and you got this really important call and you got to step out. Um, you know, I would think if you didn't have the right support system, this kind of career could be difficult. Yeah. And I think, I think that is challenging. And I know, you know, for some agents, it, it does kind of break things apart um, with their family, unfortunately. Um, but it it is, that's where communication comes in and really hopefully having an upfront conversation with your partner at the beginning. This is the career I think I'm going to get into. And we're just going to have to, you know, I mean, every part, every relationship is a partnership, you know, whether it's a marriage or, you know, whatever. And um Clear communication is is helpful, and um, but it, it's hard. It's I hear about that a lot. So I, I am curious, like, what was the draw to politics? And I see the parallels, like you know, like reading people, dealing with issues, solving problems. Um, but what was what was your drive? Of, uh, uh, why why DC? Yeah, you know it's. It is interesting, but when I was in high school with your beautiful wife, um, I actually took um, American government during the summer, and I don't even know if that's required for kids anymore, but when we were all in high school, you, it was a required graduation, you know, elective or whatever that had to be completed, but everyone said, take it in the summer, it's easier. Um, and so I did that with a girlfriend, and our teacher was great, and one of the things he made us do is attend a city council meeting. And I did that and they, you know, of course, take public comment. And um, I can't remember what the issue was, but they were arguing some issue. And I put my name on the list and they called me and I spoke about it and they listened. And it's like, oh, my God, it was, it was the first time I really I knew about government and politics. But it was the first time I experienced that you actually if you want to. And I know politics is so polarizing and messy now, but if you want to, and if you want to put in the time, you can make a difference. And that kind of lit a spark in me. And I've always cared about kids. Um, my mom and I have been very involved in the Boys and Girls Clubs for a long time. And um, I've just always cared about kids and their issues and how to, you know, how help kids in our country become, you know, healthier and more stable and all those things. And so I, I was very interested in a lot of those issues and it just became a passion of mine. And so I think those two things together and I started to see, gosh, I might be able to make a difference here. And I, I do feel like I really learned a lot in DC. It was, it was a fabulous experience. Um, it's a very difficult environment now, but I, I, do, I do encourage anyone that has an interest in that to not get discouraged by what they're seeing. We need really caring people involved. And it, it really is up to kind of the younger generation to, to get back there and, and help things. 
you know. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, you're on the board of my old high school, so yeah. you're still kind of in the world of politics. <laughs> I have a, I have trouble saying no. Yeah, I ah. um, Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, you're still involved. I think that's awesome. You know, and, and like I'm thinking like one of the questions I ask my guest is like, what is it that you get out? Like, what are the non-negotiables that you you need and want out of your career? And really, it's a question about like, what are the things you get out of, you know, someone wants to be a realtor? what are the things you're going to get out of that career? And, and like, I'm thinking like going into politics and going into real estate, very different. Like I like freedom, um, uh, no cap on compensation, like total upside. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like two very different environments, like a different experience of life. What do you get? Like, what are the ones that are really important? Like maybe two or three that, um, that are present in, in your current career that like, if you're going to be in real estate, you're going to get these things like, you know, I don't know, is freedom important yeah, to you? I think, yes, I think being being your own boss. I mean, yes, we work 24 seven, but you still are in control of your life. And so last year, for example, I took my family to Europe and I was totally scared to do it. It's like, how am I going to be away from my clients for we went for about two and a half weeks um, you're in a totally different time zone, you know, I mean, all these things. And, but I was able to do that. I was able to afford to do that. I feel really grateful that I was able to do that, but I also didn't, you know, there's no, I didn't have to ask anyone for time off. Right. I had to really plan ahead, figure out how in there. And there were some times that I got up, you know, Seattle time to do calls and, and that was fine. But this definitely this career allows you the freedom to make time for family. And, you know, I have just, I'll be in your shoes next year. I have a a junior that's about to be a senior here in a couple of days for next, you know, year. And so I'll be dealing with graduation. And I know next August I'll be moving and moving him into his dorm and I'll be able to control my schedule around that. Um, And so I think that doesn't come out with um, without having a huge amount of hard work. Right. But that's the balance. That's the trade off. So you're cleaning toilets, you're vacuuming, you're dealing with challenging situations. But the payoff is, is that you can be in control of your family time. Um, and for me, I just family is so important. It's just incredibly important. It's always been important in our our family. I was raised that way. I'm super close to my grandparents and all of that. And so I think um, this career definitely allows that. It, Yes, unlimited income, um, but it also the it does cost money to be in this business. And I think that's another thing I would say to some newer agents um, or agents that are in the business, but they think they want to make the jump to luxury. It costs a ton of money. I mean, if someone saw what we spend on photography and videography, they would probably pass out. It is it is a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so if you want to work at this high level, you have to put in the investment. It's a business. It's like any business. A restaurant has to invest in new tables and chairs and they have to pay for their heating systems in the restaurant. And, you know, you have components just like a regular business owner, but the income can be unlimited if you work. Yeah. No, is there is there anything else that like, oh, man, I love this part of the career, like other than the obvious, something that maybe someone at 25, you know, wouldn't even think about? Well, I, one thing I would say, and I actually heard Terry say this a few years ago, and I haven't thought about it until she said it, is you get to meet very interesting people. And that's not just, oh, you know, Team Foster, we got to work with all these amazing CEOs and, you know, somewhat famous people. Um, You, in real estate, you really get to meet very interesting people, regardless of price point. You are meeting very, you know, entrepreneur like minds. You're yep. meeting really interesting doctors. You're meeting, I mean, one time we met someone that made um, the plastic inserts for cereal boxes. Didn't even think about that being a business or that someone, you know, kind of created that and had a plant and that's where they made their money. I mean, it, 
things like that are fascinating to me. There are so many different types of businesses in this world. Um, and so it, it is fun coming into contact um, with people that have very interesting backgrounds that have lived in other countries um, and, and what they do for a living. And so that's something I hadn't really thought about before. And, and Terry mentioned that, I think, when she was teaching a class a few years ago. I'm like, you're right. We, we have yeah. very interesting people we get to meet. And I don't know what other career really would put you, you know, at the cross section of that. I mean, you get to work with mortgage people, which yeah. is really cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, okay. So as we wind down, uh, I, I, there's a couple of questions that I always ask my guests and one of them is if, okay, so you, I know you went to Sammamish and then Bush before that. And then I, I apologize. I know this, but college, where did you go? I went to university prep, not Bush. The oh, I'm sorry. Pumas, the university prep people would be mad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bush is a great school. Yeah. Um, I went to Seattle U. So I went right. to Seattle U, was a political science major, okay. graduated on a Sunday. I think it was Sunday. It was either Saturday or Sunday, but I took the red eye flight that night after graduation and flew out to DC and started work the next day. <laughs> Remember you told me that your mom must have been like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah. Why are you leaving? Uh, but if you could go rewind the clock, would you do anything different? I wouldn't, but I'm a very forward thinking person. That's how my grandfather was. That's how my mom is. Um, you know, every experience you have, every relationship you have, um, and I tell this to my kids all the time, it is just a building block for where you're headed. And we can learn from every experience and everyone is on a journey. You're on your own journey. And I think this is really important for kids today to, to hear this because with social media, they're constantly comparing, you know, oh, so-and-so is doing this. And, you know, we see this all the time in sports, right? With the, especially that so-and-so did this and now they're going here and, and everyone has their own journey and their reason that they're on that path and that journey. Um, and no experience is a bad experience. It's you learn from it. Um, and, you know, if I if I didn't have the path I did, I wouldn't have met my husband. I mean, I, you know, I have an amazing husband. He's an incredible dad. Like I just am grateful every day um, how big of a participant he is <laughs> in their lives. Um, and so I don't, I wouldn't change anything. I think the experience I had helps me with my clients. Um, and you know, just overall, it's been, it was, it's kind of a wild path because I, I went to different schools. I met different people, um, spent time on the East coast. I, I encourage people to, you know, as hard as it is to send our kids away to college, I think it is good to see that there's other parts of the country out there that have other types of people. Um, I just, I think that helps them become better people. So, yeah. I love it. I agree. Is there a, okay, so let's just say real estate was off the table. Let's say you did something and they kicked you out or what I'm just kidding, but let, if, is there a dream job? Like if you could do anything and I like this question because I'm always, sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes I get a safe response. No, I'm doing it, but I'm not going to let you off the hook. If you couldn't do real estate, is there something that like that you dream about that? God, if I could do this, I would just be really, really happy. Yes. So there's two things. One, I love organizing, <laughs> which I get to do a little bit kind of, you know, through staging and helping clients declutter, but we have an amazing person on our team that helps with a lot of that. But I do love organizing. I love cleaning out a closet. And I've been that way since I was little. I would rearrange my room all the time when I was like five years old and clean things out and sort and all of that. Um, so I'd probably be a professional organizer, or I also love commercial construction. I think it is fascinating to see how these huge buildings are built. And when I drive around downtown Bellevue and I see the trucks lined up because they're doing the dig for the parking lot and, you know, all the dirt's pouring in and now the steel is up and, you know, sometimes if I'm up in the morning to go work out with my trainer that I've just started back with, you know, you see all the workers starting at like 630 in the morning. And I just, I love seeing those buildings and it's amazing to know the engineering that goes in there, 
the logistics that have to happen, the timing of everything <laughs> to build those. So I think I would maybe be in, you know, commercial development potentially. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I know this is a random question. Do you, uh, there's a book called Devil in the White City. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like, it's coming out. I think Keanu Reeves is going to play it or Leonardo, but it's a true story about the Chicago World Fair. Oh. And it gets really into like, the construction of these huge, huge buildings and the timelines and the, I mean, it was amazing. They pulled it off, but I don't know, maybe it's, it's fiction, but not, you know, and maybe it might be a good little balance for yes. you uh, on a weekend. Uh, it was really interesting though. Cause it really got into what you're talking about. Um, before we end this, is there anything Moya, um, you understand what I'm trying to do with this podcast is I, I think a lot of careers, people don't really, many don't really understand what it is they do mm -hmm. uh, or understand what, what, like the life that comes with it. Um, you know, my dad was a pilot. He was gone a lot. You know, and when I was 24, I didn't realize how important freedom was. I wanted to wake up with my kids and coach all their sports, kind of like your, your husband. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at 25, but is there anything that I didn't ask you that kind of falls in line with advice that you might want to leave with our audience. Yeah, I do. Let me just touch on two quick things. So, um, cause you did mention it a little bit earlier, but the importance of relationships with your colleagues, meaning other agents, we're all competitors, but we're all collaborators too. And one thing that, that Terry has drilled into my head over my entire career and she absolutely lives by, and I think it's why she got the icon award last year is she has always treated every single agent um, like they're a client, basically. And, and what that does is that earns the respect of the buyer community out, the buyer's agent community. Um, we just closed a transaction this morning. And some of the reviews we get from the buyer's agents are on level with the client reviews. You know, we make it an incredible experience. We're always kind to them. We never make them look bad in front of their clients. We always are willing to share information. You know, if an agent calls and says, what's that going to close for? Often we won't say the exact price, but we'll tell them a range because we know that that's helpful for them. So please, please, please be a good agent and collaborator with your fellow agent across the industry, not just in your company. Be good to Windermere agents. Be good to Coldwell Banker agents. It's really important. Um, I, I would say that. And then also, I, I really am kind of an open book, open door person. I am happy to meet or take a call from a new agent or someone that's been an agent, but they're kind of struggling and, and help with a little bit of, you know, mentoring or idea sharing. Um, Terry and I just really believe in giving back to the agent community and, and how can we strengthen, um, you know, everyone together and, and, and rise the industry up. So. That's yeah, it. no, I love it. Um, I know you're a really good person and I think, uh, small, it's a small world. And if you don't behave the right way, I think eventually it can hurt you. And I think if you do the right thing and I've seen it being in lending for 20 plus years, even in my industry. So, uh, Moya, thank you so much. Uh, really, really happy to have you on. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, thank you. Thank you. It was, it was a great um, time to spend with you today. And I really appreciate the opportunity and I respect you and your team so much. And um, anytime we work with you, you know, it's, it's seamless for us and our clients. So thank you so much. Thank you, Moya. We'll see you around. Okay. All right. Bye.